it will be helpful if I unmuted the mic. Hello, everyone. My name is Kevin Chip Ginyard. Welcome to episode five of Musician Memoir. See, the problem is I can hear, but the mic was muted. So I'll do my whole intro over again. Welcome to In the Pocket Podcast with your host, Kevin Chip Ginyard. I am 203 Chip G. Um, today is a special day. Today's episode five, not 10, five of Musician Memoirs. Uh, I'm happy and humbled that you took time out of your Wednesday evening to come hang out with us. Uh, today is a special day. I'm interviewing a friend of mine. But before we get started, I want to pay homage to uh, my late uncle, Ricky T. Harris, who was taken away from us uh, 28 years ago um, in a tragic car accident. He was the minister of music at my church, Holy Tabernacle in Bridgeport, Connecticut. He was the prince of our city. Uh, he was a preacher, musician, songwriter, comedian, husband, and father. He was 35 years old when he was taken from us. Um, I remember it clear as day. I was 14 years old playing outside and my mom got a terrible phone call that uh, Uncle Ricky was in an accident and God chose to take him at that young age. But before he left, he left us two gems. One gem was my little cousin, sister cousin Taylor, who was raised as my sister. She's the co-producer of my show. Um, she was raised in our home as my little sister. And I think of her as, as such. She's blood to me. She's blood in, naturally and then blood as in I consider her a sister of mine. Um, so I'm, I'm, it's a bittersweet day for me because every day this year, I think about Uncle Ricky. I think about what he meant to us and what he meant to the city of Bridgeport, um, to the state of Connecticut and so many lives he's touched. Um, like I was saying, he left us two gems and one gem was Taylor. And the other was uh, 12 songs that he left on an album that he recorded called uh, Things Are Gonna Work Out. Um, it was a choir called Friends. Um, and through that, I'm sorry, I'm a little emotional. Through that album, so many lives were changed and so many historic musicians uh, and singers had a platform and were introduced to the world. Some names like Jonathan DuBose, uh, Stellar Award winner Lu Lucinda Simmons, uh, Dove Award winning producer Big Mike Clemens, uh, Lady Shirley Pinky Powell Hodge was on the record, uh, Robin Rose Stewart, the late Robin Rose Stewart, Pastor J.P. Morgan, the late great Keith Harper, Timothy Figueroa, and both of my parents, uh, my late dad, Pastor Kevin Ginyard Sr., and of course, my mom, Supervisor Ginyard, were all on that record. Um, it was recorded in 1993, and Uncle Ricky passed in 1994. Um, so I just want to take a moment to honor him, uh, because without him, there would be me, there would be no me as a professional musician. My parents loved music and were around music, but my uncle that was close to me, he was only about 25 when I was born. So, you know, him being around from an early age, being the organist for our church and me loving the drums and coming into music, he he was my intro to music. And so I would not be a professional musician if it wasn't for him and him starting his choir that changed the world and so many lives were touched and so many careers were were came out of this 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 great um this great man's ministry. So I am excited. Um and I just want to pay homage to him. So let's take a moment of silence to remember my uncle, the late Ricky T. Harris. Thank you. This was December 20th, 1993. 
Thank you for that moment. Thank you for that moment. I, mean, I just wanted to pay honor and homage to a great man who started my career and started so many of his careers. He was taken from us at an early age, and we just want to always remember him. We never want to forget him. All right. Now that the emotional stuff is out the way, we can get to the fun stuff. All right. Um, hailing from New Haven, Connecticut, the city of my birth, um, we're going to sit down and talk to a friend of mine. Um, but first, let me give you some background about the In The Pocket podcast. This podcast was created to help people find their rhythm, to help creators find their niche through inspirational stories that our guests provide. We want you to find your groove and stay in the pocket. We want you to continue to pursue your dreams with motivation that you gain from listening to our guests. So I'm going to bring to the camera my friend. This person is a loving mother, an amazing artist, a vocal coach, a producer, a ranger, who has created a name in the industry that will be respected forever. I met her when I was 14 years old, and she appeared to be fearless, y'all. Um, she was polished as a kid. Um, she already had a buzz around the state even then, and she everything she was doing vocally now, she was doing then. Um, so she's always been a vocal assassin, always been a killer, um, always been humble, always been loving. Um, I can remember her as long as I've been on the scene, she's been on the scene. So we're the same age, and um, I'm just pleased to call her friend and sister. We've traveled, we've performed together, we've toured together. Um, she's a member of the 100% Club. Remember, I talked about that in the Troy Oliver episode where a person can write the song, they can produce the song, and they can perform the song, meaning that they can do the whole job themselves. And she's that person. Um, she's a internet sensation, and she's burning up the internet. She's burning up every stage she touches. So I'm happy to bring on the camera my sister, my friend, Stout. What up, sis? What's good, my brother? Hey, y'all. Hey, 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 hey. First of all, that intro was like the best intro. I gotta, I gotta screen record that and, and post that. You know, the audio will be available tomorrow, so you know. It'll be yeah. for you. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm so happy for you to, to be able to be available for one to come on. You're everywhere. Every time I look up, you're in a different state. You're in Cali. You're in LA. You're in Chicago. You're, you know, you're always in different places working. And I, I love the fact that you are doing that. You're representing the state. You're representing our community, our, our class. You know, like. You're just a kid from New Haven. And I, I love the fact that you're blowing up and you're getting what you deserve. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, you're getting what you deserve. It's a long time coming. And I think the purpose of my show is to get gain insight from people that have experience in the industry and then pass that on, you know, take that, that information and then pass it on to the others, but also to show you love as well for, for being diligent in your, in your, your art. Mm -hmm. You know, so I want to praise you and I want to talk about how you got where you are and in the struggles that you had and the victories that you had. So let's let's dig into it. You ready? Let's get it. First of all, you look amazing. Well, thank you. You know, I had to get a haircut. <laughs> you know, you fresh, you fresh, you fresh. So um, absolutely. I've realized that you look happy and blessed, right? It seems that you're in a free creative space. What brought this on? What brought your, your freedom and your, your, your happiness? What brought it on is just, you know, choosing to um, embrace all that I am, all that I will be, no matter what, you know, yeah. I think the biggest, the best thing that we can do is just be optimistic, no matter what. And I feel like because I operate in that mindset, it, it's it's reflected, you know, uh, in me. So mm -hmm. it's just, you know, making a choice to just be who I am fully. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I understand. And I, I love that for you. Um, it's evident. Everybody who knows you, see the people who just met you think, you know, 
it's just the uh, entertainment kind of side. But no, you're really glowing. You're really happy. You have a love for what you do. You're so passionate in what you do. And you give it your all every time you touch the stage. And I think most people don't know that about you, but you're in a really good space and you're glowing. Just like you're glowing on the screen now, you glow when you're on the stage. Hey, girl. <laughs> it's true, man. It's so yeah. true. It's, yeah. just, it's literally just like um, the preparation and the passion pouring out every time I'm on stage. That's what that's what y'all see. Yeah. It's the love for it, the passion for it, and the preparation. Absolutely. And you love to dance. So you're an internet sensation right now because you're you're a dancing machine. So you love to dance. I've always known that about you. Where did this passion for dance come from? You know, I've always been able to dance since I was young. But, you know, we grew up in a church. Right. So, you know, playing the drums and singing was was at the forefront. And, you know, I can't speak for you, but yes, I can. Absolutely. When we were coming up, baby, you right. went to church and you sang for God and God only. Yeah. You didn't yeah. do those other things, you know. Now we're gonna get deeper into that later, you know, later on in this. But of course, yeah. at that time when I was coming up, it was just really about going to church and singing for the Lord. So, you know, I wasn't really able to spread my wings in that way, but um, I always had the love for it, always had the gift to do it. And so what y'all see now is just, you know, what I've always been that just wasn't um, you know, highlighted. It wasn't accepted either, right? It wasn't, it wasn't allowed, accepted. right? Like if I was dead doing this these dances and back then they would have they would have put a sheet over me. <laughs> <laughs> it sat you down. They would have sat so, me down. <laughs> of course, real quick. So we're both from Connecticut, right? We're both from the same area. I was born in New Haven. Were you born in New Haven? I was born in New Haven. Dope. At Yale or St. Rayfield's? Yale. Yale. So we got born in the same hospital. That's dope. Yeah. So for those that don't know, what is your ethnicity? Um, I am African-American. My father's West African and my mother's. Dope. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So do you think you're, it's in your DNA musically, like the rhythm, like all that is in your, your Absolutely. DNA? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was thinking that. Natural. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. How was it growing up in New Haven? I loved it. Yeah. You know, I, I tell my, I tell my kids now, like when I was coming up, you know, we were like six and I remember being like six or seven years old and being able to be out and, you know, until it was really dark. You know, now, unfortunately, the world that we live in, we can't do the kids can't do that. No, you know, but we were blessed. I say we because we y'all. Of course. We, yeah. Y'all get it by now. We, we grew up in the same area. Um, we were blessed to have that safety, you know, in my neighborhood where everybody looked out for everybody. Um, I love where I grew up. You know, it was a diverse community of black and brown folks. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, that that really looked out for each other. Um, some of my friends that I grew up with on the street, we still friends to this day. Yeah. Um, you know, that life consisted of just you know having good friends, good school. My church was there because the church is in the house. Right. Um, it was it's a memorable childhood. No, I don't have any traumatic. I didn't have any traumatic experiences. Yeah. Good memories. Good memory. So everybody thinks Connecticut is this, you know, all boats and, you know, like uh, <laughs> different kinds of activities, you know, overly Caucasian. But there are there are different diverse neighborhoods in Connecticut where you would even think you were in Connecticut, per se. Right. Correct. Right? It's a melting pot. And most people don't know that when they, they just think of Yale, they think of Yukon, they think of Greenwich. You know, they think of all the rich and elaborate things. Right. But they don't know that there is a different side of Connecticut that we all had to come through. Absolutely. Middle class, got the hood, got the ghetto, yeah. all that. We have all of that. Yeah. Very, definitely. I, I, I think 
where we grew up, you know, New Haven, Bridgeport, Hartford, like even like even Waterbury, I think to me is rich in culture. Mm-hmm. I really think that, I really believe that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think being around those people made us diverse and made us appreciate appreciate the arts. See, we didn't have uh, I didn't come from an area where we had performing arts schools. So if I had access to what these kids had now, I'd probably be a little farther in my music, most likely because they get they had were introduced to it at an early age. Mm-hmm. Did you have a performing arts school? Did you go to? I did not. No. Um, you know what? The only thing that was relatively close was co-op. Yeah. You know, and I didn't go to co-op for some yeah. reason. I don't know why, but <laughs> um, that was the high school. But, you know, I was kind of like a child prodigy. I was able to play the drums very, very young. Absolutely. You know, so back then they didn't have any performing arts. You know, no. performing arts was a church. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's where we cut our teeth and learn the whole game, right? Exactly. Being in church. Because mm-hmm. uh, major cities, Philly, New York, they had performing arts schools. And, you know, I was jealous of those people. You know, you watch, turn on TV, watch Fame. And you see them, right. <laughs> yeah, you see them going mean, through dance and all that stuff. Yeah. Let's not forget New York. It's like, mm-hmm. man, they had everything. We had nothing. Yeah, we, <laughs> we had the band and we had the color guard. That was it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So how were you introduced to music? Because you said you were a drummer at a young age. You know, I was born with it. Yeah. I I, I truly believe that I was really born with the gift of music and, and just the way my brain works and the way my brain reacts to music, I was born with that. You can't tell me anything different. Cause I do remember being very, very young and looking at the drums and wanting to play. And then asking my cousin who was the drummer then, who was, you know, um, more experienced, asking him to help me. And he did. And I remember getting it in the first try, full wow. coordination, full coordination. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I, I was born with it. I just loved it from the beginning, you know? Um, then of course I'm gonna keep saying this y'all, you know, growing up in church was really inspirational and very instrumental in just my growth and my understanding of music. So how did, how did the church prepare you to be professional? Cause that's the question I have for later, but since we're here, we might as well go there. How did it prepare you to be a professional musician? I'll say this, um, I think you always learn by, you know, through via your environment. Yeah, You know, so like my great grandma was the pastor of my church mm-hmm. and she did not play being late and starting late and things like that. Right. Um, so just, you know, being prompt and things like that, I learned from her. I, I won't say that they sat down and taught me like, OK, if you're going to do this, you got to be this way. Nobody taught me how to learn on my own. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just took from my environment. You know, my mom's yeah. always a very punctual person, always look nice. My great grandmother, same thing, always look nice. Mm-hmm always, you know, um, hospitable. And like Mm -hmm. I said, always punctual. So I took those things that I learned in church and took it to the professional world, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, and then, you know, let's not even talk about, you know, vocal training. I had the vocal training in church from having to know three-part harmony because maybe somebody didn't show up. So I, oh, Denise, sing out, sing soprano or okay. So I guess those impromptu things and and just things that happen in the moment prepared me to at least be somewhat ready for when I got out there in the mainstream world. No, you were already ready because you you left at as at an early age. I remember when you when you left and you know got your opportunity, you were already prepared. And I think church, what I say all the time is that church takes the fear out of being on stage because it's more scary to perform in church than it is to perform on some stages, to me at least. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> that is, I was just getting ready to say that's so true. I always tell people like, baby, if you could, if you could sing in Bridgeport in Hartford, mm -hmm. you can sing anywhere. But then if you could sing in Brooklyn, New York. Absolutely. Because that was the true test, right? My, <laughs> shout out to all my friends, all of our friends from New York. Y'all already yeah. know the vibes. Mm -hmm. If you could go and get in the houses we used to say, mm -hmm. then you could sing anywhere in the world because that was one of the hardest places to sing. Right. If you could hold your own at, at home and then go on go out of state and still get respect, then you 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 were ready for for the world. You were ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so dope. Um, did you feel pressure to be a musician, or did it come organically? Like organically. Did you, you're just drawn to it. Naturally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love that too. My mom said my first steps were to the drum. So I think, you know, it naturally, naturally came. So I think that was, that was what it, what it was. Um, who were you, who was your greatest influence? Like you're an amazing vocalist, but who were you inspired by at a young age? I was just talking about this with a friend of mine. I was just like, I get asked this question a lot and mm -hmm. it's so hard to narrow it down. It's like, it's almost like I can't because I love so much music and I am inspired by so many but if I had to just name a few, you know, I want to start with, okay. I want to start with the Clark sisters. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be like Karen and Dorinda and them, mm -hmm. like I, and Twinkie, like I, and Jackie, you know, right. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to sing like them so much. And they inspired me so much when I was young. Yeah. You remember that video that it was on VHS when they were in all white? Mm-hmm. And like the lighting was like red a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That video <laughs> messed that you one, up. That was the one that encouraged me, that inspired me so much. John P. Key, you know. Yeah. I was always inspired by his singing and his showmanship. Mm -hmm. James Brown. Yeah. Okay. Shirley Caesar. Mm -hmm. Tina Turner. Yeah. Aretha Franklin. Sade. These are just a few. Yeah. This is what my brain was, you know, taking in from young, you know, and then I kind of like. You know, got into the new age, you know, hip hop and stuff like that. I love hip hop too. So I gotta say Biggie. Yeah. You know, if you come to my show, you'll understand why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was I'm inspired by so much, but those are, you know, just to name a few. Absolutely. So you draw comparison to uh Tina Turner and also Nina Simone. I was reading on your page. Um do you think that's a true statement or do you think that that's far fetched? That vocally no what do you think definitely a true statement okay their spirit you know they're they dwell in me because i just i feel like i'm cut from the same I'm, i come from the same tribe as them mm -hmm. i really do i really truly truly do i saw you um, did a tribute to nina too right yes i did yeah that's yes, dope so what I about did. their what about their music speaks to you their the tone of their voices is so unique I believe that, you know, when we covet an artist, it's because of their unique ability, their mm -hmm. unique tones, right? You yeah. got to think about Nina. Who sounds like her? Yeah. Who sounds like Tina? Yeah. Who sounds like Beyonce? Mm -hmm. There can be, you know, people can try to emulate, but there would never be another one of them. Prince, let's think, let's just, we could, I keep calling, who sounds like Karen? Right. Even her daughter, like Kiki got her own thing. You know what I mean? You can tell yep. she comes from them, of course, but it's like the way that God gives us, it's like, it's it's unique. So um, when people compare me to them, 
you know, I think it's because of just like our unique ability to deliver the song um, via our tones. Yeah. And then presence and confidence. Yeah. No, you're very confident. Speak to your your freedom in that. Like you just you can make up a song on the spot. You can improv on the spot. Where does that come from? Just over just years of practice. Yeah, it comes from years of seeking. You know, seeking the Lord, you know, for guidance, you know, and just for acceptance. Like, all right, God, like this is all right. I'm always talking to God and asking him to show me, you know, which way to go, how to sound, what to sing, you know, what I'm just always in in conversation with God and 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 because I feel like because I am, that's what helps help to gain my confidence in what I do because it comes from God. So if I'm constantly in that cycle of talking to him and receiving from the Lord, then it, it has to come out. Yeah. You know, because I I believe when I started to become more intentional, that's when the confidence and the freedom came. Because yeah. I started to be I started to become more intentional with what I was doing and how I wanted to do it and things like that. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So what do you hear first when you hear a song? Do you hear the melody? Do you hear the chords? Do you hear a beat? What do you hear first? It, it it varies, but a lot of the times I would hear melody and lyrics. Sometimes I get, you know, I'll get the melody and the lyric together. And sometimes, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, most of the time it's, it's, it's melody and lyric. Okay. And, and then the beat, or sometimes it's a beat that I'll make up on my looper or, or Ableton or something. And then the lyrics will come later and then the melody. So yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it varies. It varies. Okay. Talk about the looper since we're there. You have gone viral with this device that you have made your own. What inspired the looper? What What is the looper for those that don't know? You know, talk about the looper and how it affected your, your stage, your live performance. Yes. A good friend of mine from Connecticut, my homeboy, Woody, Woody Vereen, he was, it was him, he, myself, and another person, Malik, that's his name. We were all getting together to, to work on some music, to write some yeah. music. And he had this looper. Yeah. I was like, what is that? He had, mm. his, he had his ukulele. Yeah. Remember, he used to play his ukulele a lot. Yep. And he was like, he said, somebody gave it to me. He's like a, you know, it's, it, you know, you, you sing it to it and it repeats you. I'm like, okay, cool. Show me. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. He was like. Just take it because you you know it, but you figured it out. But like I literally figured it out right when he showed me, and yeah, and I started making things immediately. And that was like, oh my god, so this is 2022, yeah, yeah, so it's like seven years now. Wow, been, yeah. Do you still have your original one or you have others? I do, I still yeah. have the original one, and then I have a, a couple of other devices that I use. That's tough. Oh my yeah. goodness, because you're so good at it, and the timing, the timing is perfect, you know. It just takes skill because the average person can't just get up there. And then you do it live. Yes. Yeah. That that is the tribute oh, yes. to your skill and your precision and your you're just your study. You know, you practice and I'm you're doing live videos with it. You're on stage with it. You're in sessions with it. It's amazing how you you tweak that machine. I always tell people like the looper was like a another blessing because um, I don't normally play the full kit, mm -hmm. which. I might surprise you at some point, but you know, you have to come to a show to see about that. <laughs> put, but, put it so on a writer, y'all. Put it on a writer. Exactly. Yeah. So me, you know, um, finding and discovering the looper was a way for me to kind of like get that out of my system or to kind of 
you know, the drummer, like let the drummer yeah. come alive in the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love having that moment because it's like, it brings me back to what I just started. It's a know? super dope live element. Um, and you don't need a band because you make literally make the music with your own mouth. mouth. I know people always say that, but man, it's something about having that band. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ain't nothing like it. Mm -hmm. So um, we talked about the, the church and how um, judgmental sometimes it can be. Um, how did your family handle when you decided to go and do alternate music? How did they handle that? Um, they were supportive. Okay, good. And, you know, I thank God. Like, they, my mom, you know, shout out to my mom, Mary. She is my rock and she's like my number one supporter. She was like, go, come, yeah. just, you know, I got your back, you know, yeah. and I, I want to speak to the audience on that. Like, you know, if you're a parent, you know, or an aunt or a gamma, like support your children, support yeah. the, support your sister. It, yeah. it don't even have to be your, the, a child. It could be, you know, a sister of yours or a brother of yours, like, you know, show support any yeah. way that you can, because you can make the difference. Absolutely. You know, uh, my mom made the difference, you know, when I, when I felt like I could do it, but could it, she was like, no, you can go. And that yeah. gave me a lot of confidence to really get out there and, and, and find myself in the other genre, the other genres of music. So church prepared you for the, t for, for prof professional music. Um, at what age did you know you had a gift? Like what, cause we, we all do it routinely, right? We're in church, we sing in a choir, we're on the praise team. You know, we just, you know, choir rehearsal, Bible study. We just do what we do. But at what age, when did you realize like, whoa, this is, this is different. Cause I have a story to tell you about when I knew you were special. I'm gonna tell you, I was at the Klein. Yep. You remember that? Yeah. God rest his soul, um, Bishop Moles, God rest his, his wife, um, Lady Moles. Um, they used to always have, the Easter concerts, mm -hmm. everybody in Connecticut from all over, even New York, everybody would yeah, come to right. these concerts at the Klein, honey. Everybody had their best, Absolutely. Sunday's best on. And, you know, I ain't going to be too long with the story, but it's that's a that's forever etched in my memory, too, those times. And How old were you? One, I don't even remember. I'm being I, honest. I, I, I think you were like 14. I think yeah. that's Yeah. I was going to say my early teens. I was going to say that. Yeah. And I just remember, like, being asked to do a solo. And what, didn't I sing acapella? I think so, even back then. I, don't, I forgot what I sang, but all I remember is people going crazy. And I was just, in my head, I was like, oh. Because Bishop Moses was going around saying you were the new Kim Burrell. Do you he was, oh my God, yes. <laughs> do you remember oh that? Oh my God, I was like, oh my God, the pressure, the pressure, the pressure. Yeah, he was like, this is the little Kim Burrell, y'all. She's from New Haven, Connecticut. He was so excited. and. You know, I think that's the probably my earliest memory of you being introduced to you that way. Yes. And I was, we were 14 together. So I'm looking at this 14-year-old girl on a stage. You were a tater tot. You were little, you know, up there just singing. But you had the biggest voice. And so that blew everybody away to see this small package walk on stage. And then you opened your mouth and this powerful sound came, came out. And it shocked the whole tri-state area. And everybody was like, who is that? Who is this? Yeah, and you were 14 years old. And everybody from New Haven was like, that's Denise. We know already because she she be tearing up her church at home. And she get on the drums too. Like, that was your legend. That was your urban legend that you were a drummer and you could sing as well. Yeah. So at that moment, what happened? What happens after that? When you sing and you get, you know, the notoriety for the, I would say the first time, you know, on a, on a 
uh, not a local level, but I guess a state level. You know what I mean? Like what happens yeah. when you get that? Yeah. Um, you know, there was more calls started coming in. You know, yeah. I remember right. getting called a lot from you know Marshall Mont. You know, mm -hmm. I used to go to Latter Rain to sing, but remember yep. Latter Rain was called something else. It was Holy Trinity. Holy Trinity, yeah. But you know, I think that about the time that I started, you know, getting to know Doobie and, and his brothers and them. It was a lot of rain, but it was mm -hmm. like back in the day, you know, mm -hmm. where I would go. I remember one time singing with Rob and them, and then I had to sing. But yep. so what I'm trying to say is more calls started coming in after that moment. Yeah. And that moment really let me know, like, okay, yeah, I think this is what I'm really supposed to be pursuing. Yeah. You know, and do you think it's, it's important to pay? Do you think as a young person it's important to pay your dues to learn before? Because a lot of everything's so quick now, right? And I think our generation is the last generation to think this way because everybody sees social media and sees how fast things move and they go from internet sensation to record deal or internet sensation to straight to, you know, viral. And so how important is it to pay your dues and learn what you're doing before you go out there? I think it's very important because, you know, because you want to be able to appreciate, you know, the success and, and, yeah. and honestly, me personally, and, you know, I could be biased because I'm from a different era. I'm, I'm, I'm older than right. you know, kids that's doing their thing now. Um, I don't know. It's something about climbing the ladder. Yeah. You know, it's something about, um, you know, accomplishing a certain level and saying, okay, I know how to deliver a song. And then the next yeah. level, okay, now that I'm delivering this song, let me see if I can put together a show. Okay, mm -hmm. now this level is, okay, I put together this show. Let me see if I can captivate the audience long enough. Okay, I did that. Now let me see. All right, I'm on this stage. Let me see if I can teach somebody. So what I'm saying is there should be levels to yeah. your journey, it within your journey. Yeah. So I think it's really important, even for those that's going viral and things like that, still take your time. Yeah. You know, be mentored by somebody. I think it's important for these kids that's, or even, you know, whoever that's going viral, have a mentor that's been in it that can keep you grounded and that can help you to make the right decisions. So I was doing some research on your page and, you know, studying things about you. And I came across this article. You were featured in the Hartford Current, I believe. Do you yes. remember that? Yes. Okay, so you talked oh. about the indie <laughs> grind. So you said the indie grind is not easy. I've been managing writing music, curating musical ideas, styling driving myself to gigs, sometimes booking flights to go and build with the promoter, supporting other artists for years. When I get messages like this I, that I receive from supporters and things like this, it reminds me to keep going. Talk about that, you know, just when you are tired because you've been doing it so long and then you get a little gratitude or a little motivation to make you a little something to help you keep going. How does that feel? The love and support. It, it feels amazing because it lets me know that people are actually listening and tuned in. Yeah. And that means that I'm giving them something worthwhile. And mm -hmm. that's what artistry is about. It's not about fame and fortune. I mean, great. All right, God, give it to me. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm not saying, listen, I don't want to think y'all got to think I'm being deep. <laughs> but that's not my intention. My intention yeah. is not to become famous and have, you know, you know, whatever. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say. Um, so to receive from people and the things that they say, it just yeah. blows me away because it's like, wow, God, thank you for reaffirming that I'm on, I'm doing the right thing in life. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, when you 
especially in this age that we live in, the social media age where everything is, you see what everybody's doing. Yeah, you, know, you do. That can be, I'll be honest with y'all, and I know we all been through this. It can be discouraging sometimes to see, you know, they just, you know what I'm saying? They over here, they got the, mm-hmm. you know, they got the Bentley. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. They just got the um the 40 inch hair. Yeah. And you over here at um the local hair shop trying to get some synthetic hair. Come on, let's keep mm. it real, y'all. No, keep it a buck. That's right. You over here trying to make this synthetic hair work for the night so you could mm-hmm. feel like, you know, you look like something. I've yeah. gone through all of that and still go through that. Mm-hmm. No, for sometimes real. Sometimes I'm blessed to have, you know, the major. And sometimes I have to kind of budget what I have because the yeah. indie grind is not easy. But Talk will I it. give up? Will yeah. I give up? Absolutely not. No, because you're, you're called to do this and you love we love what you do. And the world is slowly finding out you're not new to this. That's the crazy thing. You know, people be like, who is this girl? Stop. Like, she's been doing this for years. You know, this is not a new thing. We've been in this game. You know, I was just laughing with Darnell and everybody like, no, we're really 40. Like, we've really been doing this for 20 years. Like, you yes. know, and it, so now we're at the point now we're not old, but we're not young either. So we have to pick and choose what we do because everything we do has to make sense. You know, we yes. have families. We have people that we're accountable for. And and we have to make sure that we choose wisely what we what we're attached to, you know? Yeah. So um, you started 18, 20, right? When, when was your first break? When, when did you get the AK call? The Alicia Keys? Like a main, the mainstream. I was 21, almost 22. 21. Okay. So how did that go about? How did, how did you find it? Did you have to audition? How did that work out? Shout out to my sister, um, a good friend of mine and a sister to this day. Her name is Jessica Wilson. Yes. Jessica Wilson, powerhouse. Woo. Yeah, shout out Jessica you know, Wilson. We, we still out here, y'all. There's, there's some of us that there's some bad women out Absolutely. here carrying, yeah. carrying mm-hmm. on the torch. Um, and she is one of them. And yeah. I think I thank God for her because she allowed God to use her at that time to open the door for me. Mm-hmm. You know, at that time I was already like kind of like getting my name out there in New York a lot more via mm-hmm. the village underground. Okay. You know, singing with her. She put me uh, on to other indie gigs, yeah. which led to other gigs. And then DW started putting me on to things. Wow. You know, um, so it was because of Jess and her, I guess, you know, her just knowing me and seeing my drive and hunger. She was like, you can do this. Yeah. And she was already, you know, with Alicia at the time. Mm-hmm. And Alicia needed an alto. And it was for me. Yeah, it was perfect for you. It was for me. I didn't, I didn't have to audition. Wow. They trusted Jess. So whatever Jess said was the law. And like, I got my girl. She's coming in. She's ready. They trusted her. I went, I remember going into the first rehearsal because I was like, I don't have to audition. She was mm-hmm. like, well, it was like a, you know, a, a couple of days process. And I was just like, I hope I get this. Like, I want to do this. Like, I, I'm ready. Um, and she did have an audition, but she was still looking. Yeah. And it was for me to do that. Yeah. That gig. And how long did you do that gig? So let's let me see. I think that when I started with Alicia, I was going on 23. So I was 22 okay. going on 23. Like I remember starting with her in September. Our yeah. first show was it at the Madison Square Garden Theater. Wow. My first show with her. The Paramount Theater, yeah. You, you right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's a big theater. I think that Absolutely. one was a couple of thousand. That's where the source of words and all that was, right? The, yeah, the maybe like five thousand. Yeah. yeah. That was my first show. And then right after that, we went to Spain. Wow. Like, it was crazy. It was like... Did did you have your passport already? Did you have to get it? Oh, yeah. They had to... They basically had to 
I basically got my, I basically walked into the passport office and left with it. The same day? How did, now that's nothing but favor, girl, because that takes at least two weeks. Or but that's because of it. who she was. Right. Ooh. And who she is. But at that time, she was like super, super, super famous. Yeah. And she still Talk is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, she, she was brand she new and hot. Up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I stayed on with the Alicia from like 2003 to 2006. Wow, three years. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Now, yeah. did you have? Well, you were you were a young mom by then. Did you have? Yes, I had, had Mimi. Mimi. I had my 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 first child. Um, I already you know I was Look already a mother for a few years when I started with Alicia. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us. Oh my God! Wait, let me see. Do I look the oh, same? You look the oh. same, girl. <laughs> Wait, let me get closer, y'all. Okay, ain't let me no put it back up. over here. No, ain't ah. no filter. And that was twenty years ago. Maybe it was probably five. So this look little... at Mimi. Yeah, yeah. So wow. Um, through that, how was that experience? Who? How was your support system? Speak to your support system for helping you get through that situation with a young baby. Yes, it was my mom. You know, yeah. and my, my my back then was my mom, my aunt, and my cousins. Yeah, they helped me with with Mimi because I was gone a lot. Yeah, you know I was really. That's when she was touring heavy, just way before the kids, way before her marriage, way before all of that. Yeah, we were we were all in our twenties together because me and Alicia, like Alicia's a year old, older than me. Wow. So we were all the same age out there, just getting it all around the world on a this, world tour with that young woman. Yes. Yeah. Did y'all do 365 days? Something like something crazy like that. Y'all almost something did something crazy, year. like very close. Yeah. Like I only a, a few days off, but y'all almost did a whole year straight. That's what it felt like. It was literally like months, you know, being away for a month or two, coming home for a day or two, going right back out for another month. Or, like that's yeah. how it was back then. Wow. That's how artists used to tour back then. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. there was no internet. So you had to hit the, the trail. Correct. Yeah. Street teams, everything, posters. That whole grind. So your first gig, you know, you said you did some other, you know, things around the city. D-Dub put you on, Jessica put you on, different things. But your first major was Alicia Keys. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. And this is a scorching hot Alicia Keys. This is like fall on Alicia Keys, right? This is second album. Second album. Okay. So this is Fallen the second and Butterflies and all of that. Those She already had those hit records. So everybody was anticipating the new, this new record. And I think that, what was the... Was it um you don't know my name? That already had maybe that, hit. That was that Kanye was single, right? Crazy. That was on that same tour. Yep, that wow. album. You don't know my name. If I ain't got you, those hit, and she just catapulted into another like <laughs> level. So did you um did you do any studio work with her? You recorded some records with her too, right? We sure did. Me and Jess. I remember we were um overseas. We were in Europe doing mm -hmm. um our promo run. And me and everybody was supposed to leave. And we get a call like two o'clock in the morning before our flight. Alicia wanted to know if you guys would be willing to stay for, um, to record some vocals, some background vocals for her. We were like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. So we stayed in Paris with Alicia and wow. uh, we ended up recording Heartburn. Oof. Uh, when you really love someone and it was one more, I'm forgetting the other one, but it was three. Timberland produced Heartburn. He sure did. Ooh, come on, catalog. Let's go. We were so pumped back home. You know, that was the era of CDs, right? That was the era of reading credits. And I miss it so much. But like, if you heard about somebody or somebody you knew or loved was in the record, you bought that album, you know, you wanted to see it, you showed your family, you know, it was just a dope thing to come home and have the credits. 
showing your name on a on a project and then a major album like that, a platinum record. That was the diary, right? Yep, the diary of Alicia Keys. Yeah, that was fun. Amazing. Yeah, that's so dope. Um if you weren't a professional singer and you are an artist now, if you if you weren't an artist, what would you be? If I or was it all or was or was it always music? It was always music or the arts. Okay. I always believe like if I wasn't a um singer, um, I would be like a fashion designer because right. I love fashion so much. Actually, I love to have... create, I love yeah. art. So I would be involved in the arts in some way. I think you and Sherry are my wife, Sherry, are probably the, the two most creative people I've probably encountered, especially in that aspect, because you can take nothing and make it something. Mm-hmm. Or I would be like a consultant to to two artists. Yeah. Because I'm really yeah. good with finding a way to make something work. Absolutely. <laughs> that just comes from our background, though, right? Our upbringing, right? Where we mm-hmm. don't let we don't let things that we don't let the the, the fact of not having stop us. Yeah. For I'm sure. the same way. I'm the same way. Like I can work with, you know, not great musicians. I can work with great musicians. I feel like I could pull something good out of anybody. Yeah. You know, it's just a tribute to the the skill level that I have and the gift that God gave me to help make people better. And I feel you have that same thing as in you have the creative mind to just make anything work. You're not going to, you're not going to lose. No. Yeah. I love I, it. I, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some, uh, we talked about your origin and your background. I love it. And thank you for sharing and being transparent. Let's talk about elements on the stage, right? Let's talk about tools for the gig. So you travel with your equipment and stuff. What, what three things are in your bag? Oh man. Shoot. My looper and my mic and my, and I bring my XLRs cause you just never know. Yeah. You bring your own cables. <laughs> That's dope. So your Those looper. things are in the bag. Now mm-hmm. when it's like a full rig, you know, it's it's the looper, it's the, the wires, the, it's the mic, it's the laptop, it's the Ableton push. It's mm-hmm. the whole thing. And then when I'm getting really, really crafty, I'll have my um my um my board, my um my controller. Okay, my okay. DJ controller. That's dope. I love it. I love how you're you you won't lose. Like like I just said, like I love that you're creative and you're continuously adding elements to your live show. So mm-hmm. you can't go to a, a stout show and just think, oh, she's gonna have that looper again. No. She may pull out the, the the controller. She may be playing samples. She may be, you know, doing different things. So I, I love that you keep your fans guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep them fresh. Yeah. It's just yeah. about like, oh, what do I feel like this show? Hmm, I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm, I'm that type of person. Like, I'll learn something new and, and do it at the next show. Because why yeah. not? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's the sign of a true artist, right? That you are always trying new things. Um, I feel like sometimes it's it's a blessing, and then some people I've worked with it's a it's a curse because they always want to do new things, and we never get to work on the records that we that we can push. We always are doing new stuff, you know. So every time you know, if you work with a super creative person, they always want to do something new. Oh, we're going here. Let's do something new. Let's do something. Hey, we gotta kind of get tight on the set first. Let let's let's lock in the set and like let's do that. But you know, it pushes the band to be creative as well because we yeah. have to keep up with the artist. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I had to learn to like, girl, sing your music, sing the yeah. records. I'll be over there trying to sing James Brown records all the time. <laughs> like, sing your music, girl. Like they used to tell me. I mean, the band, like they always cool and they love, they love the vibes. But I had to learn, like, okay, you, you know, you got to sing your music so people yeah. can know your music too. They can find you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, promote your records. That's right. So you talked about the three things that are in your bag. Uh, what's your pre-show ritual? What do you do before a show? I love when I get asked that. Um, 
Dang, I'm asking you questions people ask you already. I gotta find. I gotta dig a little deeper. All right, let's go. No, yo, you good. <laughs> um, man, I, I have to. I have to have the. Um, I love making sure I have like a speaker or something so I can play music. Okay. In the green room, like I gotta have music. Got to be going. Music. Okay. I have to have some type of music, and it has to be my playlist or somebody. Like, ask, okay. like ask Corey, Corey Henry, <laughs> ask the Funk Apostles. They know. They would always ask me, you know, to DJ. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it has to be, I have to have my music. Um, some tea, you know, some champagne. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Prosecco. That's my thing. Okay. You know, those. that's my ritual. And praying, you know, I kind of go in and out of praying on my own. Yeah. Um, but those are the main things, is just really having that time to kind of set the vibe where I'm at. You know, I kind of like get off my phone. Try to mm-hmm. get off my phone. Yeah, just kind of really get into a zone. Okay. So the music is what helps me to get into whatever space I want to be in for that okay. show. Okay. So you play appropriate music or music that will get you in the vibe of when you're about to perform. Yes. Okay. Um, how do you retain material? What's your practice element like? How do you lock in these parts and in, in these sections? Got practice. Yeah. Like for me personally, especially like if I'm, you know doing something new or doing a cover that I don't know, then it's, I got to live with it every day until, until it's time to perform it. So you just listen to it over and over? Over and over. Yeah. But don't listen to anything else. Nothing else. And that's so hard for me because I'm such a musical person. Yeah. It's like, oh, I want to play this song today, but it's like, no, let me, let me get to this music. So yeah, I have to study it. Like when we finish this, um, I got to pick up my daughter and I got to like get back to, to this table and finish going over some new music that I got to be prepared for for this weekend. I feel you. I feel mm-hmm. you. I understand the same thing. I have to learn 14 songs for a conference next week. And so I'm just like Great. You know, locking in everything to make sure I'm on point. And I, I love that about you, that you're concerned music first, you know, no games. No, man, because I'm not the type of person to be on stage with um, um a sheet. sheet. Mm-hmm. What am I trying to say? With music sheet, you know. No, okay, yeah, I, notes I, I and all that to, stuff. No, I need to be off book and I need to memorize. Yeah, gotta lock into the format. Got to. And, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, what's a common mistake that background vocalists make on the road? Ooh, a common mistake. Is there a mistake? You know, we don't hear much about the background singers' life. We hear about the musicians. Can you get fired from a background vocal gig? How does that happen? Just not being. I believe point? you can. I will pat myself on the back and I feel, I feel very honored to have worked with such great singers. Yeah. You know, like the best of the best, mm-hmm. you know, I, like, again, we come from a different era. Yes. We come from an era where you had to be, where rehearsals were 12, 14 hours a day, yeah. back to back for weeks yeah. mm-hmm. to prepare for a tour. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what it's like as church kids to be in church all day, all night, you know, to be rehearsing with this choir, that choir, and things like that. So that that stamina that we possess, you know, carried into our professional career. So I was surrounded by great singers. Yeah. Um, but if if I from the outside looking in at other situations, um, mistake, I don't really know. But I would say this: the 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 best thing that you can do is learn what tone is. Yeah. And understand that your tone and their tone is going to be two different things. Which means that when you go into rehearsals, you need to be listening to them. Yeah. And you need to be figuring out where they're placing it so you can place your voice there too. Yeah. That's how you establish blend. 
Gotcha. So if if I if if it was a mistake or you know something like that, I would believe I would say it would be that we have to pay attention to each other's tone so we can blend and come together. Like if What's, I'm singing, if I'm belting something and you're singing it in your falsetto, that's already wrong. Yeah, it's no match. Yeah. So is there a difference considering that you have experience in multiple genres? Do you, is there a difference how you prepare or handle singing for a, a gospel gig versus singing for a secular gig? Nope. Same thing. Same thing. Okay. Treating, taking care of your voice and, and also practicing the blend. It's all the same. Yeah. It's music. Yeah. It's performance. I love that. Yeah. It's performance. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing. Got you. Got you. Got you. Um, when aspiring to be professional, I guess you already answered that. I guess we should just, the, the background artists and new artists should try to, um, what are some things that they should aspire to do? Be, you said be professional with your time. And then also make sure you know your music. You said for aspiring background artists? Yeah, background, background artists and or if you want to be an artist. Like what should some things they aspire to be professional to do? Um, You have to know why you're doing it in the first place. Yeah. And again, you have to be super intentional. You know, like even mm -hmm. like for me, I'm intentional with my solo stuff. I'm intentional with the background stuff that I that I did and or if I do you know because sometimes I you know I still go in the studio and every now and then I might step out with an artist every now and then you know, yeah. um, you know? So my thing is it's like first of all if I'm going to sing with an artist I need to I need to feel like I'm connected to them in some way it gotta make yeah. sense I'm not just really a person that's like oh let me go get this check over here da, 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 da. that's too much. that that energy I just I don't know I don't I don't work like that yeah I work with artists that I'm connect that I have some type of connection to musically. Right. So I think that's really important, you guys. Be intentional. Um, know why you're doing it. Be intentional with your voice and your delivery. And and then yeah, you know, if you're singing for an artist or you're and you're starting out, you need to get all the way into them. Yeah. You know, Google them. Look at what they've done. Look at what they're doing. Look at their interviews and kind of see where their head is. So yeah. you can see how you're going to fit into that picture in that sonic, yeah, that sonic picture or, or yeah. group. I love that. I love that. That's that's good information. Y'all take heed because she's dropping gems. So make sure that you uh, incorporate Dropping this into, gems. yeah, make sure you incorporate this into into what you do because you have to study, you have to prepare for the gig, you have to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, we would. You have to be prepared. Like I said, yeah. it's really important to understand who you're working with. Right. Who you're working with? List, like I said, listen to them, listen to their sound, listen to what they did, listen to what where they're going. Right. You know, so that way when you come in, you're not just doing something. You know what I mean? That's yeah. less feel. You want to mm -hmm. be in the know, so it's important yeah. to study study the artist that you're with. Going to be absolutely. With. So how is it? How important is it? Is vocal chemistry on stage? Like, there's are there certain people that you just your voice just matches with? Yeah. 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 I think I, I don't think I've ever really clashed with anybody. And that's because I just have this alien ability to just kind of mesh with whoever I'm with. I'm just going to adapt to you. Yeah. Because I realize that's what, that's how you get a better blend. That's how you get a be your best blend. Yeah. So you, you've, you've had some viral moments, uh, some amazing times, you know, when you, your time with the Funk Apostles with Corey. Um, tell me something about those experiences when you shared stage with, our guy, Corey Henry, what was that experience like? Unforgettable, man. And I'm looking forward to more. Yeah. Unforgettable. We, man, the Funk Apostles and me and Tiff, 
which we are from classes, but you know, we came in to, you know what I'm saying? Hey, look at us. Hey. <laughs> That's us right there. Me and my grow. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like me and her, like I've been doing it for a long time, but I'm to be honest with you, I would have to like kind of think back. We didn't do that much together until then. Okay. We were always on different gigs. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe we had, I don't know, but I'll say this. The Funka Pals was where we was was where we really was able to get in and lock in with each other. Yeah. And it was just like an instant connection. And over time, our voices just kind of uh, melted together. And mm -hmm. then Corey started to melt into what we were doing. Yes. And it was really just like a natural chemistry because we wanted to come together. It wasn't yeah. an ego thing. It wasn't a, well, I do this, I do that. It was, it's none of that. Yeah. And that's how, you know, the chemistry was just like so easy. So how, um, I remember when y'all, Corey came to Bridgeport. Do you remember that? Yeah. At, at, at the spot on Fairfield Avenue. It was right before I moved and we were there and you were there and he called you on stage. And then I noticed another place he called you on stage. That was the beginning of him adding, wanting to add you to the band, right? Yep. Yeah, that was they like 2016. Me, yeah, they told me later, like when I actually got, we actually called before the gig, mm -hmm. I learned that they were looking at me to come along at that moment. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know, they didn't tell me that. Yeah, that's crazy. I was there, that show, and you, he pulled you on stage and you went crazy, you know, and that we were all blown away, proud as well, you know, that you were our hometown friend and that you were on stage with them. And then shortly after that, I saw you in another video. You were there somewhere else. I said, oh, this is going to be a thing. And then sure enough, he added you to the set. Man, I remember that night in Bridgeport? Mm -hmm. I, that night, they played like fools that night. That was crazy. And the yeah. sound was incredible. It was. It was one of the best I've ever heard them with. Yep. Oh, right. my God. Like yeah. We were on the side. We, it was Everybody was there. Mm -hmm. yep. We were on the side just like losing it because like they were going sick. Shout out to Corey Henry and the Funk Apostles, man. Shout out to Corey and the Funk Apostles, man. That, that was, that that was, was a great time. Yeah, that was the beginning. And then how long did you tour with them? Um. Oh my God. 17, 18, 19, 20, So a couple of years. So, so like three, almost three and a half years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You play some some amazing places, like some major festivals and everything, right? Major. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. Major festivals. So you had a history with Corey. You've known him for a long time. But other people that come into the, when they get their first opportunity, sometimes we mix friendship and business. You know, is it, is the artist your friend or how do you draw the line? Definitely my friend, but... When it's business, it's business. Yeah. You know, you make sure you don't cross those boundaries because yeah. it, it just won't work. Right. You know, I respect him just like I respect Alicia. Right. Okay. You know, I respect him like I respect the others that I work with. I give him the same level of respect on time. Ask him. Yeah. Let's, listen, let's go live with right now. <laughs> He's exactly. actually in Central Park playing tonight. Oh, and no. if, if I wasn't on with you, I would have been there. Okay. Because I did want to support. But yeah, um, being on time looking my best, yeah. Studying, studying the music. And mind you, Corey is the type that will throw a song at you a few hours before the gig. You yeah, know? Absolutely, yeah. Hey, y'all, listen to this, because we're going to do this tonight. Yeah. You know, so I the same effort I give to whoever I give to my friend or my same, friends. Same amount of respect. 
That's right. So talking about respect, you being a female, a woman in the industry, is it hard to command respect from these male producers and male male promoters? Um, it is. It can be difficult. Okay. I've had difficult situations. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's hard as a single female too. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because I didn't. I don't. You know, I'm not married anymore. I don't have a husband representing me or by my side. Or yeah. you know, I didn't have a for a long time. I didn't have a manager. Yeah. You know, so I'm just out here booking myself and, and mm. doing logistics myself and, and dealing with, you know, different people in the industry. And I have yeah. run into some difficult moments and I have run into some great moments. Yes. So. And I asked that so you can provide insight to help someone else on the way, because I know you're a strong lady and you've been through a lot and you also still are rising. So I know, but I know some, some people will try you and they will, you know, try to take advantage of you or they'll take your, your smile for weakness. And I just want to know how you handle that you know, being a professional in this industry? You have to be, you have to be confident and be sure in what, like I said before, be intentional because when yeah. you're intentional and you set your intentions and you know what it is that you want to do, how you want to do it, the confidence is there, not just on stage, but off stage. That yeah. means it's, you need to know your show. You need to know your backline. You need mm -hmm. to know everything about what, what it is that you're doing. So if you need to step in place, you know, for a manager or a role manager, you can do that and be firm. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be nasty, mm -hmm. but you do need to be very confident and very firm and knowledgeable of what you do. You need yeah. to be knowledgeable of, you know, what it takes to load in, what you need, you know, you need to know how to con who to contact, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. who to talk to, the lingo, yeah. all of those things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And these are all things that you've learned over the years. Over the years, by supporting other artists and watching them, and yeah. watching how they move with grace, mm -hmm. yeah. But still being firm and standing on what they believe in. Like I, I trust my my artistry. I trust my artistic direction, and I'm not going to let anybody tell me otherwise. <laughs> I hear you, girl. Stand on it. So, <laughs> yeah. in the social media era, with TikTok and with IG and with Facebook and with all these other platforms. How has social media changed the game and given you more more notoriety? You know, social media it gives you in, it gives instant access to people that may that might not ever see you, but they right. see because it's just the internet is worldwide. Mm -hmm. That has changed the game because now yeah. there's more eyes on me. You know, that may not be able to come to a show, but they can see what I'm doing right. and say to themselves, "I like that. I want to be involved with that." Oh, okay. I want to book book her. You know, so yeah. that's how it changed the game because it basically puts you your. It's like your marketing is at the forefront for anybody. Beyonce can see me. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and probably has. Do you and, have Do you have content shooting days? Let me be honest. I mm -hmm. try. I honestly, what you guys see is a lot of the times me moving in the moment. Okay. Sometimes I might wake up with an idea and then okay. I'm like, okay, I got to do this to prepare for the idea, mm -hmm. you know, or sometimes I might plan it, but most of the times it's like, it just came to me and I'm like, okay, let me move everything so I can make this video. Yeah. That's, cool. that's actually a part of just our artistry at this point. That's your creative nature. That's just the makeup of who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, if you feel something, you create it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the wave, right? And you're great with the video content. You're great with the looper. You know, you you pull the things out. You pull your your clips from your show. You just constantly feeding your 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 audience, and you have to stay consistent at it. What I'm learning is through the, through this podcast and you know posting every day, 
you have to stay consistent. Even with my wife and her business, we have to stay consistent. You know, she's in her room creating. I'm in I'm in the dining room creating at the same time. And then we're both coming to you. Hey, babe, look at this reel I just made. Look at this reel I just made. Or you can do this better. You can do this better. So, you know, we're, we're sharpening iron off of each other. And we're just also looking at you, what you do, and looking at other people, what they do. Just trying to continue to create this content to stay relevant. Yes. Because the thing is, it is a tool. It's yeah. a, tool, a marketing tool. And it's it's free in a sense, yeah. you know, and it's like utilize that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get tired. I do. Sometimes I yeah. just don't want anything to do with the internet. I'm just right. like, oh, not today. Right. And then the days I'm like, yeah, I want to do everything. <laughs> I want to dance. I want to be, but I want to do like I have my my days where my creativity is just like at an all time high. Right. And then the times where I'm just like, I don't want to look at nobody today. <laughs> right. I got so, you. Yeah. It'd be that way, but you got to stay the course, right? And you've been doing a good thing, so. Yeah. Um, like we said, we're, we're, we're not children anymore, but we're not old people. But an, another way to establish longevity or sustain longevity is through health and fitness. Talk about endurance and health and fitness and how it's important for you vocally, for you physically, you know, traveling, all these other things. How important is health and fitness to you to be uh, prepared for the road? Yeah. Health and fitness is, is, is life, you know, yeah. it's life or death. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what size you are. If you treat your body right, by the way, you know, through the things that you eat and drink and things like mm-hmm. that, your body will show you the same gratitude. Yeah. If you're eating poorly, your body going to show you that too. Mm-hmm. You got Your body's going to perform poorly. We need our bodies. Yeah. And of course, I can sit down and sing. Mm-hmm. But who wants to do that? You feel what I'm saying? What I'm saying yeah. is like you if you you don't want to always be sitting down and singing because you're tired, because you're not, you know, taking care of yourself. So it's, you know, health is wealth. Yeah. But those health things affect your breath control and all that stuff, right? Your stage it performance, does. fatigue, all that stuff, right? It matters. It does. If I'm telling you, if you are not eating right, if you're not getting up and being mobile and exercising and things like that, it can and will reflect in your performance. I have found that when I started doing the fitness thing back in like, I don't know, it was like after I had Hubert, mm-hmm. um, maybe, it, maybe it was like two years after I had him, I wanted to, you know, just kind of like, I wanted to do something new, you know, yeah. I ran track in high school, so I was pretty fit, but mm-hmm. you know, I was getting older when I had him, I was like 29. Yeah. Like, okay, my body's changing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got into fitness and that changed my life and that changed yeah. my performance. Absolutely. Like going going to Zumba got me back in my dancing bag, yep. and then that kind of fed me wanting to open up and do more with my dancing in yeah. my shows. Mm-hmm. And but then I had to match how I was cooking, how I was eating mm. with the fitness. You can't go yeah. and work out and then just get out of there <laughs> and go eat a cheeseburger and a milkshake and then call yourself going to bed. You gonna yeah. wake up feeling terrible. Yeah. So yeah. it's very important, and any you can do it. Anybody can do it. It's just about consistency and determination yeah. and it will transform your show. Yeah, I, I see it. I mean, the energy that you have that you display now, naturally, I remember when we were 20, we were on the road. I'm going to tell you a funny story. We were, you had just come off the road with Alicia. Do you remember this? And we were with Youthful Praise and we were in Jersey and you had you were still in R&B mode. You were still in R&B You were still in r you were still in R&B mode and you jumped off the stage. Do you remember? Oh, I go ahead. Take... Okay, go ahead. See, she's a mom. She got to take care of her family, y'all. I hear that. So this is a funny story. Denise and I, we both worked with JJ Harrison, Evil Praise. 
and um, I was a drummer and Denise was one of the lead singers. This is on their second album and we were touring and we were at, in New Jersey and uh, Denise had just come off the eight, she's on a break or, you know, on the Alicia Keys tour. And me and Darnell were just joking with her because she had to switch modes from performer on the road on the R&B tour to come back to singing gospel. And so she still, she was leading the song and people were being blessed and everything. And she got real hyped and she jumped off the stage. It was about a two or three foot stage. And she jumped off the stage with heels on and uh, still kept singing the song. And we were like, where did all that energy come from? And she just was so lit and so hyped that she jumped <laughs> off the stage. Do you remember that? Oh my God, I was trying new things in the in the, in the the church. We was cracking up. Darnell was cracking up so bad. Wasn't Darnell there? <laughs> yeah, he was there. He said, he said, I jumped, he was like, it was you, Anasia was in the choir then, and everybody, you jumped off the stage. And we was like, what? That was like the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was the real beginning, yeah. Of like the showmanship that started coming out of me. But I, I knew then, you know, from when you were, a, you know, teen, we were teens together. And then when you were in your early 20s, when you jumped off that stage, I said, oh, she's, she's on something else. This is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you, but you got everybody up on their feet and everybody was you know, focused on what you were doing. So that was a dope thing. Like, but I, I said that to say that you were always limber and agile because I've been watching your videos and yo, you be laying flat on your back and coming straight up with no hands. Like it's straight up, like you do a, a like it's all core. And I'm like, yo, this girl is crazy. Like the sit-up game is serious. So salute to you for all that health and fitness. I'm like, yo, we can do some more sit-ups. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me, let me credit some of that too, to my ballroom community, because you know, for some of y'all that follow by, Follow my journey. You know, I started voguing last mm -hmm. year. I started to learn last year and I ended up joining a house by the end of last year. And like the constant practice, even now, that is what helped to really build my core strength as well. So shout out yeah. to, you <laughs> know, ballroom. my mentors and, you know, the barroom community as a whole. That, that, you know, we could get into that, but that really like catapulted everything as far as like my stamina too. Yeah. Crazy. Now I noticed for the dance moves, you know, that leg be going back and you be going and you it's going lower, lower and lower. I said, okay. Uh-huh. It's getting, it's getting, getting faster. It's getting, getting faster. Agile. It's getting faster and lower. I said, okay. <laughs> so you've had many viral moments. What's your favorite one? Um wow. I don't, I don't know. To, you don't know. Okay. We'll we'll visit that later. I have something planned for that. Okay. Um Let's play a game. Let's lighten things up. All right. Um, London or Paris? Paris. Paris. New York or LA? New York. Okay. So you're all on this healthy kick, but I just I want the people to know what you like. Do you are you vegan? Are you vegetarian? Or what? No, I am a um <laughs> chicketarian. <laughs> chicketarian? Okay. No, I am, you know, I still eat meat. You okay. Know, I still eat meat. Um, I just um, just decrease the amount of meat that I eat. That's all. Okay. So you don't do Chinese or pizza or anything like that. Yeah, we do. Okay. Just so pizza, not, or just, just not as much as we as used much. To. Got you. You know, we try to like spread it out. Okay. So pizza or Chinese? Oh, Chinese. Chinese, really over pizza. Okay. Yeah. Um, surf and turf or soul food. Surf and turf. I love Surf. seafood. Okay. I, okay. So Jimmy's or Kevin's? Jimmy's. Jimmy's. Okay. I'm just sorry, I'm Kevin's. <laughs> Canada or Mexico? 
Oh, I have to say Canada because believe it or not, I've never been to Mexico. Really? Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Japan or Australia? Oh, come on, man. Gotta pick one. That's hard. I'll go with Japan. Japan? I'll go with Japan first. Okay. You've Love been to Japan. Japan a million times. Okay. Uh, Houston or Atlanta? Come on, man. Atlanta. Okay. Good. That's what's up. That's my other uh, home. San Francisco or Miami? <laughs> Miami. Okay. Out. Okay. Ultimate place to perform. And I know you did one of these already. Grammys or the Super Bowl? Man, I would say, shoot, I would say the Super Bowl because everybody watching. Yeah. Okay. I love that. The Grammys is a special place for us as musicians and artists, right? We all dream of being on a stage. And you've actually been on a stage, right? Yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. performed on the, on the Grammy stage with Childish Gambino? Yeah, with Alicia Keys. That was Alicia my Keys. Oh, two times. Ooh, yeah. Talk about it. Talk about it, stop. Yeah, when we did Alicia, we it was it was Alicia, and she invited Jamie Foxx to do the Georgia, Georgia. Wow. Um, that's when, I think that's, I don't know, was Ray out then? Yeah, that was on the it soundtrack. It could have been. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that's why they did that collab. I'm here, y'all. Okay. <laughs> you y'all, let me tell you something. This is real, real stuff. <laughs> My phone is on Do Not Disturb and calls are still coming in. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was Alicia, JD Fox, and guess who or who who was the conductor? Quincy Jones. Whoa, talk that talk. So tell us about that experience working with Quincy yeah. Jones and Alicia Keys. Yeah, she decided to have like a, a nice little um uh section, a small orchestra. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Quincy Jones was the conductor. He did the arrangement, the string wow. arrangements. Yeah, um, you know they did a beautiful rendition of Georgia, just like the first and second quarters. Mm-hmm. Then and then after that, it went right into "If I Ain't Got You." Excuse wow. me, went right into "If I Ain't Got You." Wow, yep. what year? What year was that? Like two thousand four or two thousand five? So, Either oh yeah. four or oh five. Yeah, go check out the oh four or oh five Grammys, and you'll see our sister down on there. Yeah, that's what's up. It's a major up. moment. So you two times at the Grammys. Two times. If I be a minute guy, the next time you're gonna be performing yourself. That's right, y'all. Come on. <laughs> it gotta happen. It gotta happen. It's gonna be. I'm it's gonna, gonna blow happen. Blow that stage up so bad. Girl. They're gonna be like, "Who is this?" <laughs> I already know, and it's it's gonna happen. What's your favorite season? Summer. Summer. So Summer. your your shorts and sandals over coats and boots. Correct. Yeah, okay. Even though you you're know, from the Northeast, you don't like the cold? You don't miss the snow? I'm done with it. You're done with it. Did it for all those years. Did it. Yeah. Okay. Vegas or Nashville? Nashville. Nashville, Music City. Okay. Music City. All right. Um, do you prefer making the song or performing the song? Both. Can I say both? No, no you okay. can't say both. One or the other? Performing it. Performing the song. You love that stage, the energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you prefer to travel or do you prefer to stay at home and do sessions? I love traveling. You love traveling? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because that's the performance aspect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about to get hard. I'm going to ask you some vocal questions now about some singers. You ready? Here we go. Don't, no emotion. Just spit it out what you feel. I said no emotion and spit out what you feel. No emotion, but just say the first thing that comes to your mind. All right. Mario or Mario or Joe? 
Joe. Uh, Joe or Tank? Joe. Okay. Brandy or Jasmine Sullivan? <laughs> you crazy for that. <laughs> because everybody always puts Brandy with Monica. Like, that's dumb. Everybody knows that. Jasmine Sullivan. Okay. I love it. Um, Gladys Knight or Patty? Gladys. Patty okay. Pharrell or Ye? Pharrell. Okay. Jay-Z or Nas? Jay-Z. Okay. I know. Okay. Okay. Erica, Erica Badu or Jill Scott? Come on, man. This, I'm hanging up. This That's not fair. <laughs> Why? They're different. Oh, man. These, these, are my, these are some of my favorite people. Okay. You, you want to skip? Erica. Skip All right. Erica. Mally Music or PJ? <laughs> oh, God. Um... Molly because I oh PJ <laughs> yes oh god but oh no I'm answering that okay moving on I'm not gonna ask Michael or Prince Prince for me okay um Please. Janet or Beyonce Beyonce oh wait performance oh. I'll I'll do performance I'll just do entertainment right Janet or, or Beyonce then I gotta say Beyonce Beyonce. All right. Uh, Usher or Chris Brown? Um, Usher. Okay. Character or skill? What's more important? What do you value more? Character. Character. What ratio should it be? Character and skill. What percentage? Shoot. <laughs> um... 50-50. Yeah. So you have to be able to bring it with your skill and then still have a good character. Mm -hmm. Okay. Your your character will make or break you. All right. I love that. I love that. I'm not going to read you all of them because some of them, I could tell already you was going to give me a hard time. So I'm not even going to dig that deep. How important is networking? You do these state, you do these shows at these major stages. <laughs> you just tore up the Village Underground reunion that Tiffany Stevenson put on. Um, Major events, you know, all the players in the room, all the all the key people are in the room. How did how do you move around the room? Just be yourself. Yeah. I'm just me everywhere yeah. I go. Yeah. I'm me everywhere I go. And I actually love talking to the um the supporters afterwards. I think that's really important. Somebody told me this. Um, shout out to Terrace Martin. He was like, you know what? He was like, you have to, you know, after you perform, if you if you can, you should stay, you should talk to everybody. That yeah. you possibly can. Mm -hmm. He said, because that stays with them and, and things like that, you know, they remember that and they'll continue to support you. Now, Absolutely. I'm not saying that you, you know, got to try to do it every time. Sometimes you might be tired, but if you can talk to people and hear from them, you know, that matters to me more than somebody doing the comments on, um, you know, like social media. Yeah. When you're in person and somebody can actually tell you, how you made them feel after performing, that is a beautiful thing because they're yeah. able to tell you and then you're able, the artist is able to receive it, mm -hmm. you know, and both parties are going home with feeling like very fulfilled. Like I actually got to tell this person how they made me feel. Yeah. So just be yourself, you know, and, and, and talk to people because you never yeah. know what that can lead to. Yeah. I've heard stories like you never know who's who, like, you know, you may shun somebody or look beyond somebody and that person could be an influential person that could change your life. 
Yeah. You know, if you didn't speak to them or, you know, diss them or, you know, acted strangely to them, you know, that that could hurt you down the line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. You played the rapid fire game. Let's play another game. All right. I'm going to play a record and you have to provide, you have to tell me where this is from and uh, give me some backstory on it. So it's called, it's called What Song Is That? And it's okay. going to be a mixture of your records and some viral moments. Okay. All right. Let me cue it up. This is going to be fun. What do I want to start with? Let's see. Let's, let's take it back. You couldn't hear that. You let me vibe the whole time and you couldn't hear anything. No, I literally was sitting here waiting. I was like, why is it taking so long? <laughs> I'm sitting here shaking my head and everything. I'm like, why is it taking so long? <laughs> I'm just like, oh man. So maybe we when you got disconnected, it maybe knocked off the the uh connection. I don't know. So we'll have to skip that part if you can't hear it. I want to hear. I don't know. Can you hear the sample music now? No. No, so I don't know. I'm sad. I wanted to do that. I know. I wanted to play the game with you. Jeez. Dang. All right. Well, that's not going to make any sense if I play records and you can't hear them. No. <laughs> then we'll have to do a part two. Yeah. When you can hear. Okay. Um, if you're stuck in traffic and you have to, you have only five records to choose. And you only have those downloaded to your phone. What five albums are you going to be? Like, if this the last five albums that you could have access to, whether it be CDs in your car or whatever, what five albums would, would you choose? Um. Wow. Commission? It's hard to choose. It's hard to choose for. Let's commission. Okay. I'm trying to figure out which album. It's the one with um the on and I think that's called seven. So commission. Um oh my god. Um definitely D'Angelo. Okay, which one which one? First first album. Which, the first which album Brown Sugar, right? It was called Brown Sugar, wasn't Brown it? Brown Sugar, yep. Mm -hmm. With um, Lady in, on it and all that stuff. Yes. Okay. Oh, so we got so, commission um, first album. Let me see. Commission. Some Nirvana. Nirvana, okay. Which which one? The one with Smells Like Teen Spirit and Come As You Are. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's classic. So um, the ordinary just won't do. That's the name of the album. 
Yeah, okay. And the Nirvana teen smells like teen spirit. Yeah. That was on that was on Nevermind. Yes, yes. Okay. Angel, Sugar, Commission, those two. Um, Kimberell, Everlasting Life. Everlasting Life, amazing. And um some Al Green. Al Green. Rev. I can't the name of the record. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of his okay. albums, but the one was simply beautiful. Okay, that's dope. Um, you have a special love for women, and in the past you've done a lot of things to uplift women, um, single mothers and divorcees. Can you talk to your love for encouraging and uplifting those ladies? Um, you know, I can encourage you because I've been through it. You know, I know what it feels like to be single and and, th and, and things like that. Single mom, and I don't feel like be married or it feels like to be divorced and things like that. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes you can feel like, you know, like, like you failed or, you know, it could just be difficult to pick up the pieces, but yeah, anything is possible. And I feel like sometimes you just need that reminder from someone who has gone through it, someone who is, you know, championing, you know, getting out there and moving and getting over it and doing their thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's where I feel like encouraging them to brought healing to me. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like a, a kinship that was formed, you know, in the on, in the internet world and even in person because of yeah. just by being honest and, and sharing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, I know the ladies that you've encountered have loved that and appreciated that. Mm -hmm. um, we have almost 20 years in the music industry or maybe a little over 20 years now. Um, why do you think people still call you to do background work and people booking you what do you think? Why do you think? What do you, why do you think people still call you? Because I'm one of the best. Hey, talk that talk. Stop. It's talk true. about it. Yeah. I'm one of the best, hands down. Yeah. How That's frustrating that. is it? Before we go there, how frustrating is it knowing sharing stages with people and knowing that you might be more talented than the people that are more popular or that are on? It's not frustrating. No. Mm -mm. Okay. It's not, you have to, like I said before, when we were talking about background vocals and how you should prepare and things like that, mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to that point. Yeah. When I'm working with an artist, I'm truly listening and looking at their aesthetic mm -hmm. and understanding their art and how they present it. It's everybody's art is different. Yeah. Everybody's not going to be a powerhouse singer or a, a Jasmine, a Beyonce. Mm -hmm. Everybody's not going to be that. Yeah, you you have artists like Tracy Chapman, whose tone was just so crazy that drove them crazy. Artists like that crazy. Yeah, they would come and see her. Artists like Beyonce, mm -hmm. you know. So I, when I mentioned Tracy Chapman, I got to think about Baby Rose. You know who she is? No. Some yeah, of the her. listeners, some of the viewers may know. Like she is to me very close to that unique tone that uh, Tracy Tracy Chapman had. So what I'm saying is get into the sound and the art. So somebody's ability don't really matter if I understand their art mm -hmm. and what okay. they're doing. That's why you have people where you feel like, oh my God, why are they famous? They can't sing. Mm, they're doing something. It's yeah. something about their tone or their delivery that, that just resonates with millions of people. Yeah. Tone delivery or appearance, right? That has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It's not, it's not all about how well you sing. Yeah, it's what you it's represent. It's about how you deliver it. It's about mm. the impact of your voice, your lyric, your your presence. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, let's try the game one more time because this is so important. Can you hear this? You can hear it now. All right, let's go. Let's go. So the first song, I'm going back to it. Hold on, let me hold on. You hear this? <laughs> yep. Yo, so tell me about that. I know you said you recorded that in Paris. Yeah, we did. So for those that are just joining, give us that a little bit of that story. Yeah, we were doing a promo run. Um, I was on tour with Alicia Keys, and we were doing a European promo run for the album. Mm-hmm. And we were set. The band was set to go home. She was going to stay because she was doing some finishing touches on the album. And mm-hmm. we got a call like two o'clock in the morning. She was like, Alicia, they were like, Alicia wants you got wants to know if you guys can stay and cut some background vocals for her for the album. We were like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that happened. And it was like super, it was easy. It was so easy. Yeah. And you did three records on the album on the diary of Alicia Keys. We did. Yep. Okay. That's dope. Super dope experience produced by Timberland. And that was Heartburn on the Diary of Alicia Keys album. I think that was 03 or 04. Or yeah. 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 Okay. Let's go to uh a throwback for you. Man, that song is. We might have to that goes that or, or or see who wanna who wanna re-record that. Beautiful record. Tell us about more of you. Produced by Pierre Medor, my good, good, good Let's friend. Go P. Shout out to Pierre Medor. Shout out to Pierre Medor. Like his own CT down yes. in Atlanta. That's right. Yeah. He he showed me that song way before we recorded it. Okay. Maybe a couple of years. Wow, really? And the timing of it was just everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote, he and I wrote it together. Yes. Um, but that, hi guys, up for the dance. Don't I need more of you. That's Pierre. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing I was, song. I was blessed to be your MD for that summer. And we went on, you know, the, the Storytellers Tour. We sure that, was, that was a super dope experience that we got to work together and create. And I got to witness your genius firsthand so that was a dope experience working with p and yeah doing, doing the storytellers tour it was a super dope time and that record always hit we gotta we gotta we gotta reconnect don't listen i want to say something too i want i want the gospel world to know don't think uh-oh don't y'all think from not one minute <laughs> that another gospel record is not coming don't think yeah. that, oh, she she over there no i'm everywhere i literally can do whatever i want yeah okay i'm coming 
Okay. <laughs> and and the game needs it. We miss it. So let's go to another record real quick. I know you got to go because the kids is like, uh, ma. Got some footsteps. I'm going to mute. Okay. Let's go to a viral moment. Let's check this out. I want you to sing Diamonds by Rihanna. Rihanna. Or Rihanna. As if you are leading praise and worship at an apostolic church. At an apostolic church. Hmm, okay. Oh, shine bright <laughs> tonight. Come alive. We're beautiful like diamonds in the sky. You're beautiful. <laughs> you know, got to stop. You're beautiful. <laughs> diamonds in the sky. Uh-oh, I know yes, for sir. myself. Because mm -hmm. I didn't think that I was, but oh, I live a little. <laughs> oh, I experienced a little. And I know. <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> so I talk, forgot. I mean, this is that, you, that, he, worked, that last part. I forgot I did that. Yeah, he, he asked you to improv a song uh, from a major artist, a known artist, a radio single, and then just sing it like an apostolic church singer, and you just flipped it. Totally on the fly. You didn't know that was coming, right? Nope. And it's still people. When I say people, how many people come up to me? Yeah. I say you on the Terrell show. Oh my God. Like that was, oh my God, two years ago. Yeah, it was in the middle of the pandemic. Yep. Yeah, we were so proud too. Me and Sherry watched it on TV. We were in the house and we just watched it. We were so happy for you because that was a super viral moment and it was a dope platform for you to be on. So congrats to you on that. Thank you. Thank hey. Unforgettable. Absolutely. Let's go to I got two more and then we'll we'll cut it short and I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> Talk to me about that record, sis. What's that? That's called For You, written by me, produced yeah. by Sam Harmonics. Sam Harmonics is a bad boy. That was bad tough. boy. Yeah. Bad boy. And that where where can they find that record? That's online. That's on my album called Anomaly. Yeah. Released that last year. Get it right now. It's on all platforms. 
Yeah, go get it. I got it. It's on uh, all platforms, like she said. Anomaly by my girl Stout, my sister Stout. Yeah. Let's let's bring it home. Well, I got two more because these are heaters. So this is a. Let's go to this last huge viral moment. Let's check this out. My goodness, <laughs> and that's still it's still going. <laughs> that is incredible, Stout. Like the 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 way he supported you. Like Corey is one of the greatest the in greatest. the world. Yeah, the greatest. Yeah, he's a goat. So just the chemistry that y'all had on improv, right? Y'all didn't rehearse that. Mm-mm. Yeah, where was that at? What uh, when did y'all record that? And what was the purpose of? Or it was Corey's show, I believe, right? I want to say that was the same. It was the revival thing, right? Yeah, and I was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it was the same year that the Terrell thing happened. Wow, two major viral moments. God is good, ain't he? Yes, God is good. And we didn't, you know, we were just, because Corey started doing Sunday service. That's what he was calling it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes he would do it from his place. Which, yep. And he added Tehran. And then they moved it over to Apogee. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Apogee Shout Digital. Shout which out is a fantastic, fantastic um, company that distributes um, a lot of different um, music equipment. Yes. Uh, and other things, streaming services, they're amazing. Um, so they started doing it from their studio um, somewhere in, um, in Cali. I forgot where. And That was in Cali? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you flew they to Cali? They started broadcasting from there. And okay. it became a thing. And then he started having guests. And he was like, you in town? He's like, oh, you, you should come over to the... I was like, yeah, let's go. What are we doing? Ooh. So we got there and we was like, what are we going to do? We was on our way there in the car. He was like, is that what you want to do? I was like, I don't know. And I was like, oh, let's do... um." And those are the two songs that I thought. Oh yeah. my goodness! So that we wasn't went over even it. planned. No. <sighs> wow, vocal chemistry, you know, musical chemistry. Just how do you speak? To, that's friendship too, right? That's just knowing who you're working with. You know, you can't just do that with anybody. You have to have relationship. You have to have relationship. You have to have an understanding. Yes. Of what that person does, like he yeah. knows what I do. Yes. And then we're just locked in Absolutely. already. 
So it's yeah. just like, you know, I could be sitting, he could be sitting there with his head tilted playing and I'll understand that and I'll just be playing. And then it's just like this conversation. It's just absolutely. It's he's natural. one of the ones, one of the ones. He's one of the greatest ones. He's the amazing. greatest. Like, let's br- let's amazing. bring it home. Let's bring it home with this one. Okay. Every magazine was fame to me. It's a game to me with a bedroom at. Sleep, I ain't never had a fast with that. What's fair when the hearts and the words don't reach? What's fair when the money don't take these back? It's rare when somebody take your dreams back. I care too much, wanna share too much. In my head too much, I shut down too. I ain't there too much. I'm a complex soul. They layer me up, then broke me down. The morality's dust, I lack in trust. This time around, I trust myself. Please, everybody else but myself. All else fails, I was myself. Out done fear, out done myself. This year, you better one yourself. Mass on a baby's mask. On the hot, wear a mask in the neighborhood stores you shop, but a mask won't hide who you are inside. Look around the reality, carbon lies. Wipe my ego, dodge my pride. Look myself in the mirror. How many feel? Ain't seen nothing scarier. I fought like a pit bull terrier. Blood I shed could fill up aquariums. Tell all my angels carry them. Every emotion been deprived. Even my strong points couldn't survive. If I didn't learn to love myself, forgive myself a hundred times, dog. I love when you count me out. 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 How you gonna wear my shorts when the lights run deep? How you gonna bend your love when the bed don't sleep? Deep beat pressure feelings in the middle of the street. When you was at your lowest, tell me where the so talk to me about so fire it's not because i'm on it yeah but talk to me about how the opportunity came who that artist was tell us everything that is the iconic yeah my book the iconic kendrick lamar another person that i feel like um like i feel like that's family i feel like we come from the same tribe when it comes to creativity um yeah so you know I was blessed to do that session with um, DJ Dahi. Uh, shout out to DJ Dahi. He's an incredible yeah. um, producer, writer, um, who's based in LA. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all can Google him and see his track record. He's nuts. Yeah. But he's just, he's another one. Like, I feel like we connect, we connected because of Donald Glover. Um, oh. And it was just like instant chemistry. Mm-hmm. We did that during the pandemic as well. Wow. So your when 2020 things, was lit. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Wow. It really was. Um, yeah. So that was, it was later on in the pandemic, y'all. I want y'all to, you know, so mm-hmm. everybody was kind of like, this is before the COVID test and all that stuff. Yeah. So it was kind of like when everything was kind of dying down a little bit in the summer. Anyways, they flew me out to LA um, and it was for something else. Really? It was wow. for another project. It yeah. was not for it was not intended to be for Kendrick. It wasn't. Yeah. Oh, and, that record wasn't for Kendrick. No. Oh. If y'all would have heard what was what it what what it what like before that, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how things, you know, kind of make its way to other things. Like mm-hmm. so, anyways, he wanted to me to put together a youth choir, you know, that was in LA. So I handpicked mm-hmm. these singers. Yeah. Um, because I'm also a um, contracting consultant. So that's what I do for a couple of artists. Amazing. I put singers together for different projects. So um, I handpicked these these young people and I did it purposely with hearing their voices because I knew what I wanted to hear. Yeah. I knew I, what I wanted to deliver for him mm-hmm. through them. Yeah. And so on this specific song, I had to, I just went in and sang it with them 
because of how I wanted them to kind of latch onto the diction that I wanted for it. Yes. You know, that's why it sounds like one voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, so me and um me and DJ Dahi, we just kind of like arranged like the melody for the, those parts. Yeah. He already had the tripping and falling. Mm-hmm. I just kind of um emulated how I wanted them to sing it and I ended up singing it. And then we came up with the all in all in all in all in all in all. And all no, and then we stack the harmonies because that's what that comes from gospel. Of course, yeah. And Second then we nature. The claps. Yeah, yeah. So, and here we go. Two years later, on the Kendrick album, on the one of the largest releases of the biggest releases of the year. Wow. He told me a while ago. I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh my god." That's amazing. Shout out to DJ Dai. He he always <laughs> like since we started working together with Donna, like he always looks out for me and we just got has we have a dope connection. He makes sure I'm taken care of. Like shout out to him and his team. Shout, shout out, out to, to shout out to Kendrick Lamar, you know. Shout out to K Dot. Yeah, man. K-Dot. That's amazing. We were and super real quick, yeah. real quick, he just you he just performed that track sitting down mm. at Virgil's um I saw uh, that. That was that song. That was that record. When it was he like was the yellow background, the, like, he was just yeah. sitting there with his legs crossed. Yeah, he, he killed it sitting down. It was a fashion show and they were walking by. It was a fashion just, show, so yeah. he didn't want to be up. So he decided to watch. Like, I, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done if I was sitting next to him. Like, everybody was being super cool. Like, yeah. you, know, you know, but yeah, shout out to yeah. K-Dot. He was straight spitting. That's just, I want to say publicly, that's just the beginning, y'all. Amen. I, I believe it. on stage with that man. Yeah, it's coming. You You treat people right. You're kind, you love the Lord, you honor your commitment to him. You know, no good thing will he withhold. So I already know it's only a matter of time, sis. It's only yes. a matter of time. It's your blessing is on the way, and you are continually being blessed for all the seeds you've sown, all the services you sang at for free, all the opportunities that people looked over you or or took advantage of you. Those blessings will come back to you. Last question: how do you want to be remembered and how important is legacy? I want to be remembered as somebody who lived life to the fullest and who gave their all to everything, yeah. the family, mm-hmm. to to art, to the Lord, to the earth. Yeah. And then uh, legacy is very important. It's important mm-hmm. that you instill, you know, all that you can into your your lineage, into your children, into your family. It's very important. You want you. I want to be someone that's remembered. Like, you know, when we think about Whitney. It's like she's still here because yeah. she has such a great impact immortalized aretha i feel like she's just somewhere you know i want to have that same impact to where people can say okay i can't see her physically or touch her physically but her music makes me feel this way and i feel connected yeah i would love to leave that same mark on this earth in this world that's dope do your kids have the love for music they do i was about to say you got super dna i hope so between me and her dad yeah all of them Yeah. yeah Mimi, my oldest daughter, she is getting more into music and like getting in the studio and things like that. Yeah. Um, my girls, they sing and dance. Um, yeah. My son is an exceptional drummer and yep. getting into producing. Mm. He can sing. He can sing too. Of course he can. <laughs> but you He's know, we probably not going to hear that side of him until way down. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. They all have it. That's amazing. So you have super kids. <laughs> the super. You need to Genius. bottle that gene up and sell. Yeah, you have geniuses geniuses yeah i I love you for that i love them um i'm just so proud of you sis um thank you so much for sacrificing your wednesday to be with me um like i said we have we have history together um 
we work together, we've traveled together, you know, we're family. And yeah. uh everything that you do, I'm I'm proud of you. Sherry and I are super proud of you. You know, Sherry has worked with you as well. So, you know, we're we're a family where we come together. And um, I just wanted to have you on as my first female guest. I didn't even talk about that enough. You're my first vocalist and also my first female guest. So I'm happy that you took time to hang out with me tonight to drop some gems on the people. Um, and you're going to be blessed. You're going to skyrocket. You're going to, everything you touch is going to be blessed. So continue to keep God first, continue to do what you do. Don't change. Um, and just always keep God first and you'll, you'll be blessed no matter what you do. I appreciate you. This was, um, I needed this and it's an honor, honor, you know, thank you for thinking of me enough for me to have you come on and, and, and do this. Always a blessing. So thank you. We are family forever. Forever, forever, ever. I'm and we're gonna, we gonna get back on stage together, Mark. You know, I'm here, man. Come, I need to take a photo, do a photo shoot with you because you can take iconic photos. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? We need to work. I told you we're gonna do this Bridge Parker collab. Work, too. look at her. What? Okay. You know, she be doing it. So look at the girl. Give That's me the inspiration right. behind this. What's the inspiration behind this? Is this live Bridge show of Avenger talk? Talk, okay, Grace, Grace Jones. Jones. Grace okay. Jones. You know, yeah. I told my stylist, shout out to Oliver Brown, who styled me there, mm -hmm. um, who is my current stylist as well. I work with, you know, different people, but he's like my main guy. Yeah. I told him what I, the energy and that I wanted to pull from, you know, and we just came up. He just, and said, he just created these looks and it was just perfect. Yes, ma'am. You be, you be, you know. Hi, Erin. What up, Drake? <laughs> What's goody? Y'all late to the party. I know they got catch the replay, yeah, but catch um, the replay. I'm so grateful for you for you being a part. I'm gonna let you go. I love you so much, Sherry, and I, I love you. you. And um, we'll see love you soon. Sherry. She she says she loves you too. She's waving at me. <laughs> All right, but I'm gonna let you go. Let's close the show. My sister Stout was my guest tonight. I'm so grateful for her taking time to be a part. Our next show will be July 27th with Celebrity DJ, my friend and brother. His name is DJ Nutty the Champ. He will be my guest on Wednesday, the 27th. Um, let me get his image up here so I can show you. But DJ Nutty the Champ has been seen on WeTV working with Waka Flocka. He is a celebrity DJ from Baltimore that has moved to Atlanta and is tearing the scene up. He is one of the most highly coveted and highly solicited DJs in the area. DJ Nutty the Champ from Baltimore by way of Atlanta now. And he will be uh, providing insight on being a DJ and how he got coming from the church and then found his way to be a professional, highly sought out professional celebrity DJ. So you don't want to miss that next Wednesday, the 27th. Thank you for everyone who took time out on this Wednesday to support us. I am your host, Kevin Chip Ginyard. I'm grateful for everybody coming out and continue to stay in the pocket. I will see you soon. Uh, please like, share, and uh, promote the pod. And as we grow, you know, you can say that you are part of it. And I'm grateful for everybody taking time on this Wednesday night. Thank you. Have a good night. God bless.